0: All right, everybody, welcome back. New episode, and this is uh, an episode of correction. It's actually going to be performed for a specific word that has been mentioned throughout the Bible numerous times in the New Testament. The reason why is because it seems that a lot of people are following a specific person and believing what they are saying. Um, This woman has been talking about God's love not being uh, unconditional, saying that God's love is conditioned and he, you know, we're limited. So I'm here to explain she it's not so much that God's love doesn't have conditions. It's more along the lines of them saying it's not in scripture and it's very well in scripture numerous times. It's just many people read the English Bible. And love in the English Bible is in basically one term. You use the term love to mean multiple things, and we are just presumed to know what they mean by the way you're expressing it. In Greek, they had multiple versions of love. Specifically, they had at least three versions that they would use, eros, philia, and um, agape. Those three words that were in Greek would be the three words that they would use to define what kind of love that they meant to a person. In English, we don't have that. We say, I love you. It could be, I love you as a friend. I love you as um, romantically. I love you as, you know, I I love this object. I love this, you know, I, I love my phone. You know, it could be any one of these different uh, characteristics of love with English, but in Greek it has very specific terms. And we're gonna go into this. So what we're gonna first understand is that the term agape has been used in the New Testament anywhere between 115 to 200 times in the New Testament as references. Um, in fact, uh, in one of, uh, the commandments of Jesus, uh, he says, uh, the greatest commandments is, uh, agapeo, uh, agapeo, um, which basically means to love a friend, you know, and we'll get into that, but the thing is, is we have to understand what agape means, so, when we go into what it really means we have to understand context in it so to understand the context and understand how all of this is going through it we're going to go into agape and When a lot of people will mention love, love can be mentioned as a brotherly love, affection, goodwill, love, and benevolence, right? We look at the word love in different contexts and meaning as we look at it today. Um, I love chocolate and I love you are two examples as we can reference this in Christianity.com. However, C.S. Lewis, which is one of... um, a very profound person in the christian community has identified four types of love in the bible in greek he used uh, a storge, which he says um storage um is a kind of a f- affection or a familiar love it isn't actually used in the bible But the concept of storage is on familiar, uh, familiar, being familiar with someone, the person uh, who you love in family, regardless of whether um, they are people, the person that would be drawn to another member, uh, you can have a storage uh, love for them. Um, So it's basically like a, a family type of love. Eros is a romantic love. In Greek, (coughs) they would use Eros as like an erotic love. Lovers or something that would afflict with sexual desire and lust and things like that would be followed under Eros. Philia is a friendship love or a um, brotherly love. Basically, I love you. You know, as a friend, you know, like how people say, I love you, I love you, I love you in English. And we look at it as a very overused term because love has one definition or it's one word for multiple definitions in English. But in ancient Greece, they wanted to be specific about how they referenced love because it was a very powerful thing. so then we go into agape agape um has been defined in many different ways charity stuff like that motions but it's mainly requires through um emotional feelings many things that will occur and especially with sacrifice agape is literally the the supposed to be in a fatherly kind of love the kind of love that a parent would have for their children agape is um a commitment it's something that isn't just born out of emotions and feelings it's something that is connected with a person this is the type of love that the bible speaks about the most in a reference of nearly over 200 times in the new testament in greek um To the Greeks, at the time, uh, agape was a general empathy, loving kindness for all people. Throughout the Bible, Christians are indeed to expect to care for everybody in the name of Christ, which is one of the commandments that Jesus has given us. Um, In 1 John 4, verse 8, it says, God is love, and they actually use agapos, um, meaning he is the source of Agape love you know it means he is his love is undeserved gracious and sacrificial and agape being a self-sacrificing fatherly love points to unconditional now why does that mean it's unconditional love you know and why does god love god's love have conditions this is where the person that has been speaking about this has been completely indoctrinating what the scriptures have been saying because they don't understand the full context of what unconditional love is to God because they are saying it's not referenced in scripture, but it is. A person can um, have an, an agapeist type of love um in corinthians they actually lay out the the things that define agape love is patient love is kind it does not envy it does not boast it is not proud it does not dishonor others it is not self-seeking it is not easily angered it keeps no record of wrongs Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. This is, again, in First Corinthians 13. So when we look at it, they're saying agape is patient. Agape is kind. It does not envy. God doesn't envy us because we, he, we need to envy him. We have to understand God is the all-powerful. He's the one that we need to go to. It does not boast. We're not supposed to boast to each other and be like, I am greater than you. I'm smarter than you. I have this. I have this. We're not supposed to boast about that kind of stuff. It is not proud. Pride is one of the cardinal sins in the Catholic faith. Pride leads to the fall. And with pride and the fall of Satan leads to us believing that it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, which references in a parallel to being self-sacrificing. It is not easily anger, which God literally says to be slow to anger in the Old Testament. It says it keeps no record of wrongs. It keeps no record of wrongs is us keeping the commandments, following in Jesus' footsteps, and repenting for our sins so our wrongs can be right. And we have to turn away from those wrongs it does not delight in evil but rejoices within the truth so why was paul referencing this now a lot of people are going to say this context is not what agape means in god's eyes but this context is what paul is trying to reference about love and they say god is love god is agape and love Is how Paul is referencing agape he's saying agape is all of this we need to be like this to enact the greatest uh, the greatest uh, reflection of God if we can be like this we can at least be as close to God as we can because at this time the church the Corinthian church were always at each other's throats And while they were at each other's throats, this is where Paul is writing a letter to the Corinthian church when he was in prison. And he's explaining all of this to them. you got to love each other. Jesus wanted us to all love each other. So why is God's love unconditional to to some people? And why is it not based in Scripture? That's because it is based in Scripture. That person was wrong. So again, this is a a more of a lesson on correction because anybody that has been listening to me might have come across this person. And if they come across this person and they're listening to them because they have a better way of speaking than I do. Obviously, none of you have seen my face, but they're definitely more attractive than I am. And a lot of people and I've I'm not saying all people that are listening, people tend to listen to people more attractive Than people that are, you know, behind the stage. I hate being in cameras. So. What is it that in Greek we look at and stuff. And we try to understand about loving everybody. Loving someone like a friend is one way of looking at it. Loving somebody unconditionally is another. So. We reference unconditional love in the Bible. Um, As we look in this, we have to understand, is God's love really unconditional or is it not? You know, so we have to understand, is this person that is preaching to you guys really being honest about love? You know, and unconditional love with God. Well, God expresses his unconditional love throughout the Bible. So, how are we going to look at this, right? He never stops loving us in his journey to righteousness. The Bible shows that God's unconditional love never fails and is motivated is not motivated by his personal gain. When we look at this, we understand that 1 John 4:16. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love, and whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. This is, again, another version of unconditional love. You can't have uh, conditioned love if if Jesus says, love your enemy. If you're supposed to love your enemy, then you're, you're basically saying that you have conditioned love. Because nobody wants to love their enemy. Like personally, it's like it's almost like it's, it's hard for you to do. But Jesus says, love your enemy. Pray for your enemy. So we look at this and we have to realize Jesus' love is unconditional. In fact, when we go back to uh, Jonah in the Old Testament, God wanted to go to the Assyrians and have them repent. So Why? Why the Assyrians, people that were enemies of the Jewish people? Jonah didn't want to do this when he wanted to go over there, because God, Jonah did not love his enemies, but God still loved them. This is another version of unconditional love. As we uh, reflect another First John quote in 4.18, we said, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. First Peter four verse eight and says uh, above all love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Um, Colossians three fourteen and for all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity when we take our virtues and our morals and we bind them together in love we're in a perfect unity with god we're understanding everything that god wants we're putting together in our love and our faith with him and we're putting it together in there we're unconditionally giving ourselves to him with his commandments Ephesians 2 verse 8, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, but it is a gift from God. This again references into Agape, where he was saying a self sacrificing love and actually being a form of charity, giving it to you, because it was a self sacrifice. When we look at Jesus <coughs> in John three sixteen, we understand. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Now, when you listen to that verse, we understand that there is a condition there. The condition is, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish. So where is that? Whoever believes in him is the condition should not perish but have eternal life is the reward right so we have to understand that jesus has been real jesus walked this earth jesus existed as many as as many atheists want to deny this because of any kind of historical or archaeological claim that has not been proven to them in their eyes there's been one person in this world that had such a profound effect in the entire human race on the entire planet whether you love or hate him jesus is the only one that has been able to do that when we look at jesus and we understand this in john three sixteen, we do have a condition here but that condition doesn't mean god's love is unconditional it means that this is the condition That he's going to give you eternal life he's saying i'm literally doing this for you so if i'm going to sacrifice my own son for you you're going to have to believe in him because if you don't then there's really no room for you to be here god set commandments god set everything that we needed to do to follow him and in the old testament they had over 613 something commandments that they had to follow and it was so much for the jewish people to bear the israelites that they couldn't be perfect so they jesus came and he kind of redid everything he made everything new but he still said if you keep my commandments But when Jesus came, he said, I came for the lost sheep of Israel. And a lot of people reference the lost sheep of Israel as um, anybody who believes in him are part of Israel. But when he came here, he came for the Israelites. The Israelites, that was his Messiah, but he sacrificed himself for the whole world, not for just the Israelites. Why was it the world that he sacrificed himself for. Not the Israelites. Because the Israelites. all Even though through the prophecy of Isaiah. Would reject him. And everything that was said. To would occur. They knew that. And this is where he died. He died. Not just for his elect. But for the whole world. The world has the chance. To believe in him. And through that. The elect will be picked up and the church will follow. When we understand that Jesus gave his life for the whole world into the sins of, the, of humanity, we have to understand in Romans 5.8, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us while we were sinners. If that's not unconditional love if you're basically saying our god's love is conditioned so it has a conditional purpose but you're basically saying he died and he died as a self-sacrificing thing so everybody could be saved but Even though we're still sinners and we still fall short from the glory of God, are we going to be saved or not? The person that references this is very indoctrinated when it comes down to um, the Calvinistic beliefs of once saved, always saved, or, you know, I'm not exactly sure what they believe, but they're very, uh, they're a progressive Christian and um i don't exactly know where they're getting a lot of their preaching from i think it's from one of their uh progressive churches but when we understand that agape is a self-sacrificing fatherly love we understand that agape is unconditional love it is absolutely unconditional that doesn't mean just because it's unconditional doesn't mean that we can do whatever we want god puts the restrictions on us and you can reference all of this in the book of revelation revelation has the seven churches that will literally explain the conditions that he puts into place the repentance to turn away from the sins We need to understand that this is where we need to go in in our lives. We need to move ahead. We need to move on from our old self and be renewed into our new self. If we can't be renewed into our new self and our uh, our new faith and our new love for Christ and his father and everything that God does, then we are not being true to our love for him. So in 1 John 3, verse 1, see what is great. Love the Father that lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that we did not know him. We understand that when Jesus came, he said, I came from the lost sheep of Israel. The lost sheep of Israel, whether you want to reference that is specific people or if you want to reference it as the world being the lost sheep of Israel because we are going to be accepted Um, we have to understand whoever is being accepted by them the one who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love them and show myself to them but before that, it does say in John 14, 21, whoever has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father, and I too will love them and show, them, uh, show myself to them. This is not a basis of being a Torah keeper. This is not the person of ha- having to base on real, uh, Levitical laws. This is keeping the commandments of the Messiah. This is understanding that God does love us unconditionally and as long as we can keep the commandments that Jesus has been given us and love Jesus because we are believing and understanding and abiding by his law, then we are the ones who will be moved to be loved by his father and he will love them as himself. So there's no greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And we understand that there's been many martyrs in Christianity. There's been many people that have sacrificed and died for this. We understand that agape, at this point, has has a um, volitional uh, concept to it. And the volitional concept is meaning related to the use of one's will. Um, it means like an act of making a choice or decision. And this is the thing is God is literally comprehending everything he's doing. And he's openly being unconditionally loving for us. He's understanding that this is how we need to be. It's an agape chooses an act of self-sacrifice to serve a recipient. For all discretions of agape love, it is clear that true love is the mark of salvation. It does not depend on the world's criteria of love, such as attractiveness, emotions. Um, Believers can easily fall into the trap of blindly following the world's demand that a lover feel positive toward beloved this is not agape love see agape love is different agape love is god's decisive unrelenting unconditional love the difference between it is when people think that they have an unconditional and pers- uh, personal love with them they can use the term love and mean it in an, uh, a form of agape but they're using it in a wrong context. This is, again, where idols come from. This is, again, where something will be more important than God. So when we look at this, we have to understand, is God love unconditional according to the Greek words, the Greek uh, explanations of all of this? Agape does, in fact, mean unconditional love it's the love that is completely unconditional for the self-sacrifice and the affirm being affirmed by Christ through God God has loved us that he gave his only son to save the entire world from all the sins of humanity so if that's not unconditional then I don't know what is. But the only condition he's putting, he's not saying his love is unconditional. He's saying being able to go into heaven will have a condition. You need to believe in him. You need to follow him. Why? Because you don't want to go to heaven with a bunch of people that are going to be sin, uh, full of sins and stuff you need to truly relent and extinguish all the sins from you and pray to god to forgive you and i pray god to, to pray to god that he forgives me for my sins through jesus name i pray that god will forgive me for everything i've done but at the same time when we look at everything To defeat sin is the biggest thing because you needed death to overcome it. And Jesus was the only one to overcome death through a sacrifice of a perfect person in the flesh to atone for all the sins of humanity. To do that, to be brutally beaten, to suffer, to be ridiculed, to be hated by his own people, everything that Jesus has suffered comes full circle to how one person can love the entire world and for that one person to love the entire world there's one thing bigger to do that and that was his father's love that he has a perfect son that gave his life for the whole world under his father's design Under his father's design, he loved the world so much that he had an unconditional love that he would sacrifice his only son. A son to a father is one of the most biggest blessings in the world, as we can reference that with Abraham and Isaac. And that was a form of agape. When we saw Abraham willing to sacrifice his son, because he loved God so much. his Abraham's love was unconditional to God. And God understood that. So because he tested Abraham's faith. He said no. I don't want you to kill your son. You know. Here's the lamb. And then after soon after. As all the other prophets came. The Messiah's prophecy came through Isaiah, and um, from there we ended up understanding that God's love is unconditional, because the unconditional love that Abraham had for God, God was returning that. So the <clears throat> unconditional love that Abraham had for God, God was returning that to humanity. How does that uh, translate into the New Testament, right? How does this all come through? Um, How does this all come through uh, as a whole? God's love gave. Abraham a lamb to sacrifice instead of his son Isaac and in the same time the lamb of God known as Jesus Christ came in and what happened while I'm waiting right here I'm just waiting for you guys to understand paralleled to what happened in Genesis is what happened in the New Testament. The Lamb of God came. But here's the thing. Isaac wasn't the Lamb of God. it's the Lamb of Abraham. But even though God gave him that, he said that you will have a son. But Jesus came instead. And Jesus came and fulfilled every prophecy that the Messiah would do. And while he did that, Jesus came and was the sacrificial uh, the sacrificial lamb for the Passover to atone for all the sins, to atone for everything. And when we understand this, there's another verse that we can go into <clears throat> that's in Galatians 3, verse 7. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham, which means that by having faith, Paul was actually saying that, you know what? If you have faith in Christ, you will be accepted as children of Abraham as well. <laughs> so, in this, all together, I pray that each and every one of you understand that God's love will always be unconditional. The condition between our loving God is to know and uh, know love believe and sacrifice ourselves for christ now there's people that won't follow the torah or the old laws and stuff like that which there are certain scriptures that are in the new testament that try to affirm um, saying you can do whatever at that point however at the same concept my only argument on that is jesus did say if you love me you'll keep my commandments And I'll admit, I don't fully keep them either because I have fallen short. There has been times where I ordered a a burger and they put bacon on it and I ate the bacon. But, you know, when we actually think about this as a full and try to understand that, do do you really think God's love is going to be subjected on whether or not you eat bacon? this falls into the same concept of what this other person was preaching god's love is conditional so if god's love is conditional that means we have to go back into the torah and we have to go back by the laws of leviticus and we have to follow each and every commandment of the 613 something commandments that all the jews had to follow to be perfect to atone for all that but no everything changed when jesus came So we have to understand, there's oral, there's moral, and there's written laws that have been occurred throughout the time. And Jesus came and called out the Pharisees for their wrong teachings. He called them hypocrites, and he called them everything that they needed to be shown that they were doing wrong. Jesus knew more than anybody else when he was there. So this is where I explain to you on the final course of action god's love is unconditional he will always love us and that means his love is always unconditional he'll always be here for us because he sacrificed his son for the entire world every single person on the planet but with every single person on the planet being able being fully able To accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That comes down to you. That's the condition. But the condition to get into heaven is not the condition of love. Loving somebody unconditional doesn't mean that you're not going to be held to a consequence. A father will still punish their child. A mother will still punish their child. If you break a law in society, you will be punished. When I was a kid, if I got in trouble, if I did something wrong, I'd be in the corner, I'd be spanked, I'd be having everything taken away from me. So, in these kind of regards, in this kind of action, we have to understand That even though God's love is unconditional, the only conditions are not based on unconditional love. It's based on conditional acceptance into heaven. You need to believe in Christ. So again, this podcast episode was not meant to be a direct attack on somebody that was preaching, but there's so many false preachers out there that don't exactly understand the Bible, they don't go into the actual roots of what the Bible teaches, they don't do the Greek and they don't do the Hebrew, they only go by the English, and there's nothing wrong with that. But there's a lot of things that are being misplaced and misinterpreted in the scriptures because, again. Unconditional love has been throughout the Bible for over 200 times within the Greek scriptures. Just because you read it in English doesn't change the Greek scriptures. You're just reading love incorrectly. So, reading love incorrectly is leading you into preaching a wrong concept. So, I hope this helps. And I hope you all have a great weekend and God bless you all.